Thursdays, we've been talking about purpose, and you have a purpose. And as I was thinking about it over the last few days, um, <clears throat> this title came. You have a purpose, so don't you quit, don't you give up. Why? Because you have a purpose. <laughs> and this is before, don't you quit, don't you give up. All right? Now, I looked up purpose, because I, I taught this a little bit, and so we're going to, by review, there's a little bit, but we're going to go in deeper. Uh, purpose is the action or the proper function for which a person or a thing exists. That's your purpose. What is your function? We have a purpose here. We have a function here to exist, and it's a fixed design. It's an outcome or an idea that is an object of an action or an effort. I like this one. It's an intended or desired result. What is your aim? What is your goal? You got to have a goal, and you got to have something to aim for it, right? There's no sense in having a goal and not, and not shoot for it. My goodness, that'd be horrible. Amen? So let's go to Romans 8.28, please. Woo! Romans 8.28. In your Bible, or on your iPad, in your iPhone, We have so many ways to get in the Bible and get in the Word to you now. It's, it's so cool. It's amazing. God is so good. <clears throat> so, Romans 8.28, it says, and we know. So there's something that we're supposed to know here. It says, and we know that what? Some things? Does it say all things in your Bible? All things work together for what? Good? All things are working together for good. That means COVID is somehow working together for good, right? Why? Because we qualify, right? Everything that we, every place that we are, right where we are right now, it's working for our good. Whether it seems like it's good, whether it feels like it's good, just know that it's working together for your good. Why? To, to who? To them that love God. Do you love God? You watching us on live stream, do you love God? Yeah. To them who are the called. Are you called? Did, it, did you answer your call? You're here. Which means you answered the call. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so it says, to them who are the called according to what? His purpose. Listen to this in the message. It says, that's why we, this, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. It's working into something good, which means it's, it's going into whatever mold you put it in, and it's going to go good. Doesn't matter what it is. Good. You insert yourself to that situation, it's going to turn out good. So when you go and you see a bad situation, you insert yourself into that situation, it's going to turn out good. Why? Because all things work together for your good. Amen? Passion translation. Listen to this. No, okay, I'll do it amplified first because it's just a little bit louder. Yeah. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in our labor. Okay, he's a partner in your labor. You're not alone. You are not alone. He is here with you. <laughs> Michael. Okay, so uh, it says, God being a partner in our labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. So whatever it is, wherever it is, whoever you are, 
Realize that you are fitting into a plan right now. You are fitting into a purpose right now. Amen? It says, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and his purpose. He has designed you to be troubleshooters. Amen. Amen. Troubleshooters. That means we shoot trouble. Boom! Some trouble needs to be a cannon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So in the Passion Translation, because we're just full of passion in this church. We're just passionate. Verse 28. So we are convinced. We are convinced. Come on. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You're convinced, fully persuaded that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. Whoa! Uh, bringing good into our lives. Come on. It says continually woven together, which means it's perpetual. It's going on all the time. All, it's working all the time. All the, even when you're sleeping, it's working. Even when you miss it, it's still working. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. He doesn't sleep. So we can. Amen. It says, oh, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. That's his plan. His perfect plan is to bring good into our lives when we let him. Yeah. <laughs> stamped it, double stamped it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we let him. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. We have, that's our calling. We're called to fulfill his design purpose. That's good. Verse 29. For he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. He destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of his son. He called us to look like him. He designed us to look like him. He programmed us to act like him. Amen. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. That's a good place to say that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Verse 30. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he did that. He called us to himself and trans, listen to this, and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. If you called, he, if you answered his call, he transferred his righteousness, his perfect righteousness, by the way, to you. You got it right now. You got it. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, us, he co-glorified with his son. Co-glorified. Same. Glued. Take it. Woo! Listen to this in verse 30 in the Living Bible. I got this just before I came out here. Um, having chosen us, he called us to come to him. Come on now. Having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came... He declared us not guilty. 
Glory! Come on! When, he, when you came to him, he declared you not guilty. Stamped! So what are you going to call? Why are you going to call yourself guilty if he already stamped you not guilty? He didn't stutter when he said guilty. Right? Uh-huh. So when, when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with God's goodness. Filled. 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 Gave us his right standing with himself and promised us his glory. He promised you his glory. He promised it to you. Come on, all his promises in him are what? Yes. And amen, which means so be it. He promised. So the glory? Yes and amen. We got it. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Come back up here. No, wait. <laughs> so you have a purpose. So don't quit. Do not give up. Why? Because if you're filled with his glory, how could you quit? Because there's going to be something on the inside of you that's going to propel you back. It's going to propel you ahead. It's going to, it, will, it will not let you stay in a thing. He won't let you stay funky. People get into a funk. He won't let you stay there. That glory will not do that. that the glory of God will push you out of that. He won't let you. Come on now. How many times have we tried to run away and, uh, and he tracks us down and, and gets a, calls Ace towing and pulls us out of the muck again? Again, again, and again, and again. And he's, he said he'll continue to do it. He don't get tired. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus had a purpose. And in 1 John 3, 8, it says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That's his purpose. That what? He might destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus' purpose was. And so really, that's our purpose too. Go around, funky up the devil's chicken. <laughs> that's what we're called to do amen we're trying we're called to mess his stuff up come on you come up a bunch around a bunch of people that are sick mess that up and get them healed right that's what, that's what we do and in acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth jesus the man with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. So is God with you? And the glory that he gave Jesus gave us, does that mean we qualify for Acts 10, 38 then? Can we do that ourselves? Why, are we filled with the Holy Ghost? Are we filled with power? Is God with us? So we can go do good and heal all? Come on! Then what's stopping us from doing that? Nothing. Nothing. Come on. When we, you know, you, you, when we hit give thanks, it was almost like, wow, the heavens opened up. You know what I mean? Why? Because when you give thanks, <laughs> come on. You guys got <laughs> grandchildren. They come up and give you thanks. You want a giraffe? A live one? A real one? No problem. A koala? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I'll fly right down to Australia and get you one. Don't care. Why? Because of thankful heart. And we're grateful. A grateful heart. It gets so much. It gives you so much. Amen. So, now how do you find your purpose? In, uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 2, please. Philippians chapter 2. God's Electric Power Company. Philippians. Tab, chapter 2. So, our purpose. Look at this. In verse 13. For it is God which works in you. Who's working in you? Who's your daddy? God. Right? God is working in you both. So there's two things, what he's doing. <laughs> Number one, to will or to do his will and to do his good pleasure. And the New Living Translation, it says, for God is working in you. He's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's given you the desire to do it and he's given you the power to get it done. He's given you the power to finish it. So many times we start stuff and it's just like you get halfway through and then you just, you peter out. Well, when we get to that point, there's something on the inside of us called the glory that'll start churning on the inside of you and just say, okay, you know what? You can make it. You can make it. One more step. Let's go. Take another step. Let's go. Here we go. You are so close. Amen. He's going to give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And God will use what's in your hand. So you think about what is in your hand today and, and realize that God is going to use that as a slingshot to, to, um, to, to slingshot you towards your purpose and lead you towards your destiny. Amen. David had five smooth stones. And you think about that. Those, those, those stones propelled him towards his purpose. And in 1 Samuel 17, 25, New Living Translation says it this way. The king offered a huge reward. Why? Because he killed Goliath. He got a huge reward. Um, he, he said that he'll give that man one of his daughters for a, a king's daughter for killing the giant. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Can you imagine being tax-free? I got a card. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, hey, I'm still trying to get my card. Praise the Lord. Anyways. <clears throat> and not only that, it slingshotted him to become king. On top of that, on top of that, it's just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take these stones and I'm going to biggie size your, I'm going to biggie size your purpose. I'm going to biggie, biggie size your destiny. He did not, he did not realize he's going to become a king. He knew that he killed Goliath, so he's going to get three of the deal. And all of a sudden, eventually, he's, he's going to become king. He had a purpose. And he did not quit. He did not give up. Amen? Um, let's go to, speaking of David, go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Because we are, yeah, we, you have a purpose. So do not give up. Do not quit. Um, 1 Samuel 18, verse 2, please. Here's where the favor of God starts to work. It starts to churn. And so David got all of this stuff happening in his life. And in verse 2 in 1 Samuel 18, it says, And Saul took him that day and will let him go no more home to his father's house. So all of a sudden, he's, he's been there to assist the king. He's hooked up with the king now. And in verse 5, 
And this is a prayer that I pray over myself often. And David went where, whithersoever Saul sent him, behaved himself wisely. Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. I, and I said, Pastor Gary's staff, I'm accepted. That's my prayer, right? And so you, you need to get these and make, make them yours, right? So, yeah, I, I, I went out wherever pastor sent me, behaved myself wisely. Pastor sent me over the men of war and women of war. I'm accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of pastor's staff. Hallelujah. Yeah. And the more you say that, the more that gets on the inside of you, right? And so recognize, and now we're going to get, we're going to go, we're going to go in. This is, that was the introduction. So recognize when the Lord puts people into your life to lead you to your purpose, to your destiny, and you serve them. Why? Because you have a purpose. So you cannot quit. You cannot give up, right? There's people that are depending on you and me for us to do our jobs. Uh, First Kings 19, please. I feel like I'm doing a leadership teaching is what it is. And really, I'm talking to a bunch of leaders here. So it's cool. So you qualify. First Kings 19, please let me know when you're there. Okay, I'm going to read this to you out of uh, verse 19, 19. Um, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation just because it's um, a little bit easier to read. Uh, it says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then walked away. What a wild thing to do. What would you do? Put yourself in that spot. Here you are, you're at your job, and somebody comes up and says, uh, just throws their jacket over top of you, and then walks away. What are you going to do with that? Especially if it's hot, you've got to throw it on the ground. <laughs> but he walked away. And in verse 20, Elisha left, over, left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go kiss my father and my mother goodbye, then I'll go with you. He didn't even say nothing. He didn't say, come follow me. He just threw his coat over top of him. But Elijah replied, now he, this is the first time he speaks. He says, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. He used the wood for the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Barbecue. You know what? There is going to be a lot of barbecue going on in heaven because they're, they're doing all these sacrifices now. Big barbecue pits. I can't wait. Come on. They're... <laughs> it's true. Read your Bible. It's all in there. They're barbecuing. And they called it a sweet savor. Why? Because all of that smoke. They're probably using a little bit of hickory, a little mesquite, and some cherry wood. Mm. I'm, barbe- I'm smoking this weekend. People say, what do you smoke? I smoke everything. Praise the Lord. Meat-wise, I'm a meatitarian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Anyways, so Elijah returned to his oxen, slaughtered them, used, them, used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. That's a big barbecue. I'm telling you. He didn't burn it. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. King James says that he ministered to him. New King James says he became his servant 
New Century says he became his helper. And I like the message that says he becoming his right-hand man. He became his right-hand man. Again, you know, when you think about it, think about all the people that, that the Lord puts in your path. And when God puts people in your life to serve them, um, it's usually for life until God, unless God moves them or you get promoted by the person that you're serving. Because I've seen so many people that, that you know, just left. And they had leadership positions and they just left. And it's like, well, were you sent or did you just went? I'd rather be sent. Right? So Elijah promised to follow Elijah faithfully, and he did this in, in spite of opportunities to depart. I have been serving Pastor Gary for at least 27 years, maybe 28 now. You know how many opportunities I've had to, to quit, to leave? Didn't take them. And, you know, it's been, and it's one thing to get called to the carpet uh, in an office. But I've been called to the carpet on TV. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, you stand there, you take it. It's like, all right, that's good. Praise the God. Makes you stronger. All right. Uh, First Kings, Second Kings chapter 3. So over a couple of pages. Second Kings chapter 3. Verse 11. Uh, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. That's all he was known for. And for the longest time, all I was known for, oh, you're that guy that goes to the gym with Pastor Gary. Oh, you're that guy that hangs out with Pastor Gary. Oh, every time I see Pastor Gary, I see you. Oh, you're him. <laughs> And then I done graduated from a hymn to a we. Because <laughs> whenever pastor said, I think we're going to do something, well, I'm we. And we made it happen with a whole bunch of other we's. Because there's a lot of we's in this house, right? We is not alone. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. We've got a, uh, when we came into here, and, and it's, it was so cool. Because when we first came in, um, we bought our team, our, our team of hotshots, troubleshooters. And we came in and we just went, everybody spread out to their jobs, to, to, their situa to, to, to all their situations. And Marilyn, who was running the, she was basically uh, managing this place, and she was going, what is going on here? I said, Marilyn, relax, we got this. And she goes, you guys are going so fast. I said, don't, don't, don't concern yourself about that. We know what we're doing. Right? And we do. And we came in and turned this place around and come on. Record time. And, I mean, like, you look around. <laughs> I talked about this on Sunday. John was here. When we first, when we first toured this place. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, it's not like it is now. It is, huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> nested. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's not what they wanted to do. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, um, so, 
it says that uh, he was known for pouring the, the water on the hands of Elijah. And think about this. He served his master, some say 10, some say 20 years, at different reports, but it doesn't matter. But um, he served him with all that he had. And so when he was told that Elijah was going to leave him, uh, you know, had, Elijah, had Elisha taken the easy route and stayed behind, he would have missed the blessing. He would have missed it. And, and actually, he would have missed the double blessing. So it pays to be faithful to your calling. It pays to be um, true to your calling, right? If you're called to serve, serve, serve. Why? Because there's a blessing in it. And when the more you serve, uh, the bigger the blessing. We're not doing it because of the blessing, but be, the blessing is part of it. Let's go to Second uh, Kings chapter 2. Please. I love this. I got some cool stuff out of this. Um, we're just going to start. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Are you there? Okay, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah uh, into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Now, Gilgal is a place of beginning. There's no demand on him or them. And just enough to just to barely get along, there's no commitment involved. So just going around for, for, just for a ride, something to do. While it's good, Gilgal was nice. Nothing was asked of him. Verse 2, Elijah said unto Elisha, Stay here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Now, Bethel is a place of learning. It's a place of commitment um, where, you, where you develop your God-given dreams and your, your hunger for more starts to develop, but don't stay there. He says, we're going to go to Bethel. And Elijah said, as, look at this, and I love this, as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave you. New Living says, I will never leave you. Contemporary English version says, I will stay with you no matter what. Message says, not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Come on. When we get to that position, that's pretty cool. And so <clears throat> he said, I'll not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And verse 3, and the sons of the prophets were there at Bethel, and they came forth to Elisha and said unto him, do you know that your, your Lord, that the Lord is going to take away your master from your head today? Okay, prophets of the Lord, it says. Oh no, sons of the prophets. doesn't say prophets of the Lord. They're just prophets. He says, that, do you know that your Lord is going to take away your master from your head today? He says, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. Or in other words, shut up. Shut up. And what do you call that? That's a distraction. Don't get distracted by that. Don't get distracted by when people come up to you off the side and say, do you know that? Do you know that? Because they're trying to take you off of your course, right? Because the, the, the plan was, we're going to Bethel. And Elisha said, oh, not on your life, man. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And what are these prophets trying to do? Huh? He said, hold your peace. And sometimes there's going to be some people that's going to come around you, and you're, you're going to just, just tell them, hey, listen, you need to hold your peace. Followed by a <laughs> Hey. 
<laughs> they asked for the left, give them the right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and verse 4, and Elijah said unto him, Elisha, stay here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Now, Jericho, it's, it's, a, um, it's an entrance to the power where you're actually consecrated to God. And so all of a sudden you're going into your next level. But don't stay there either. And he says, I, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And, and as he said, as the Lord liveth, as I soul liveth, I will not leave you. Not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And they came to Jericho. And here they go again, number five. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah and said unto him, Do you know that the Lord's going to take your master from your head today? And he answered, I know it, hold your peace. Shut up. Don't get distracted and take your faith stand. You need to, come on, you need to know within your knower that you're planted here. Or wherever it is that you're planted, stay there, right? Stay where you're planted. Don't let people uproot you. And some of these people who say that they're the sons of the prophets, don't let some son of a prophet uproot you. Some son of a prophet. Hmm. Hallelujah. He said, yeah, I know it. Shut up. Verse, uh, verse 6, Elijah said to him, Terry, stay. I pray thee, stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. Now, Jordan is a place where you die to self. And that's where you need to stay. You stay there at Jordan. And as the Lord liveth, as I soul liveth, I will not leave you. In other words, no matter what, I'm staying with you. And then the two went on. Right? Now, verse 7, I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Um, 50, group from the, 50 men from the group of the prophets, son of the prophets, again, also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elijah stopped beside the Jordan River. They went and watched. There's watchers and then there's doers. We're doers. These guys are sitting, these sons of prophets are sitting there back there watching from a distance to see what's going on. I wonder if it's going to work. I wonder if, it, if this serving thing is really real. Huh. But it says that Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. They went in, right? They died to self. And when Elijah folded his cloak together, struck the water with it, the river divided. The two of them went across on dry ground. Verse 9, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do before, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? So what they were saying was true. He is going to be going away. And he knew it, but he wanted to hear it from his master's mouth. Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha replied, please, listen to this. Let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. That's what I wanted to read in New Living. <laughs> Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. Verse 10, you've asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you'll get your request. But if not, then you won't. He already told them, listen, man, I'm not letting you, <laughs> I'm not letting you out of my sight. 
So, of course, he's, it's coming. And he's ready for it. And he's been preparing for it for all those years of his servanthood to his master. For so many years, I've been watching different people, um, young people, younger people, get their church, get their own church. And, like, I've asked myself, you know, um, what about me? Seriously, I can be straight with you. So where's mine? I go back to this. Because I, I've spoken at people whose churches are, and, and they, they've got their own church, and they're younger than I am. And they've been serving a lot less than I have. But it's like, it doesn't matter because what I'm called to do is bigger than what they're called to do. And I'm getting a double. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. And so I will stay no matter what. I, so what is that? It's, um, who was that? Keith Moore, proven for, for promotion. You ever listen to that series? Oh, my goodness. It's so good. Um, but anyways. He says, if you see me when I'm taken from you, then you'll get your request. But if not, then you won't. Um, verse 11, and it came to pass, we're back in the King James now, as they went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and departed, uh, <laughs> departed them both of some, in other words, split them in half. And Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. Verse 12, Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. Now, um, in the New Living, it says, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. Think about this. He poured his life into his master. Now, he, now he's gone, and he's seen him leave. And so all of a sudden, because it's one thing to follow somebody, but it's another thing to be on your own. And, and, and all of a sudden, all of these things start coming to your mind. Um, I've got to make the decisions now. I've got to be the one that's responsible for da, 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 and all of that stuff, right? And so... Um, I'm telling you, he, it says he, he tore his clothes in distress. And he cried. When he cried, my father, my father, I looked up that word cried. It's, it's, a, it's a cry for help, to cry out in distress or need, or in, uh, to cry aloud in grief or to shriek. Come on, he had a meltdown. Think about it. This guy, they, like they were doing exploits, and he said, I'm going to die with you. When they went to the Jordan, they both died to self. So think about that. Then all of a sudden, the person that you're with, gone. Mm -mm. In the Matthew Henry commentary, um, it says that uh, he himself lost the guide of his youth. Think about this. My father, my father. He saw his own condition like that of a fatherless child thrown upon the world and lamented accordingly. Isn't that like when you, when you, Sit back and you, and you take your time with these. Verse 12. Uh, the la last part. And it says that he saw him no more. He took hold of his own clothes and, <laughs> and rent them into two pieces. His own clothes. 
He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. He went back. Okay, he, <laughs> this got me. This was his moment of truth right there. Do you stay? Do you go? What are you going to do? Because here it is. So it says that he ripped up his own clothes and he picked up the mantle of Elijah. He got rid of his stuff, ripped it up, and picked up something new. He had to. The last thing that Elijah did was the first thing that Elijah did. The last thing that Elijah did was a first, Elijah did was when he smote the waters is the first thing that Elisha did. Because it says, um, verse 14, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, smote the waters and said, uh, where is the God of Elijah? And when he also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, <laughs> hither and thither with a mither and thither. He, they split in half, right? So he got rid of what was his, took up the mantle of Elijah. Um, why would he not give up? His master was gone. His feelings were hurt. Uh, come on, hope was gone. He was in a, like, he was kind of feeling kind of hopeless. But Elisha had a purpose. And, and it was founded and developed by his serving and allow himself to be mentored. You have to allow yourself to be mentored. And when you're, and when you're allowing yourself to be mentored, there's good and bad. There's pain. There's hug. Pastor used to say there's hugs and kicks. And I've been hugged. I've been kicked. Hugs are better, <laughs> but praise the Lord. And so, but it says, um, Elijah had a purpose. It was founded and developed by his serving and allowing himself to be mentored. And the result was a double portion. And some say that they were gathered for 10 or 20 years, but when, it doesn't matter what the number was. He was in it and he was all in. Are you all in? I would say you are. Amen. Hallelujah. The moment of truth, when you're standing at the Jordan himself, what is he, you know, it's, it's, you know what are you going to do? Are you going to stay or are you going to go? You have a purpose. Don't give up. Don't quit. Oh, Matthew 10, please. Uh, Matthew 10, 37. Matthew 10, 37. You there? All right. Um, I'm just going to read this out of the, the message just for time because I've had it in a couple of different translations, but um, this is good. Um, Matthew 10, 37 in the Message Bible. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. Jesus speaking. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Verse 40, we are intimately linked in this harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do accepts my father who sent me. We're all in this together. Here's a couple of things. When you feel depressed and discouraged and the pressures make you feel like giving up, um, I found this, uh, there's, a, there's a guy that, um, that's going to come out in one of the um, morning devotions. 
and it says that, it says, take the following medicine daily and you will recover. Number one, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling just like you want to quit and give up, number one, return to God's camp. Get into the word, get into fellowship, get into worship, both corporate and private. Get into sowing. Hang around with godly word of faith people. Because when you're feeling bad, you attract mosquitoes and gnats and ites. And all those ites are going to start talking to you. Crabs in a bucket. But hang out with word of <laughs> hang out with word of faith people. Um, it says this, this problem will take, require time to heal, so you must not find a fast food church. <laughs> you must not find a fast food church. You need a church that's going to give you a five-course meal. Come on. That's the Bible plus nothing. Right? Record number two, you must recognize where the attack is coming from. The enemy is not your relative, it's not your friend, it's the devil. Number three, speak the promise instead of the problem. Find out what God's word says about your situation. Cause the words to come out of your mouth to agree with God's promise. That's what we do. We're word of faith. We're confession people. That's what we do. When you agree with God and speak his word, fear will flee and faith will flare up. And really, like a lot of the stuff that I'm, that I'm saying, we do. We already are. So it's really, it's kind of like a checklist just to, to make sure that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Act on what you speak. If you confess with your mouth and do not believe in your heart, it'll profit you nothing immediately. But you must continue to confess anyways. You must continue to confess anyways. Even if it doesn't look like it. Even if it doesn't smell like it. Or feel like it. Confess it anyway. Meditate on his word and act on it. Number Next one. Take authority. Not only must you speak to the situation, but you also must speak things in your own life. Command unforgiveness to go. I like that. Command unforgiveness to go. Command hatred to go. Command COVID to go. Remember, you're more than a conqueror. So get up, take command, move in authority and obedience. Listen to your words. <laughs> Come on, listen to your words, what you're saying. Thank God in advance. That's why I'm so glad we did. Thank you, Lord. We must thank God for having received your solution before you see it. It's faith, right? According to the word, faith believes without seeing, but by believing without seeing, we see. You see. Amen. Next one. Decide to move forward and don't look back. As you break free of the bondage of depression, make a conscious decision to stay free. Stay that way. Right? Keep your godly associations. In other words, hang out with Christians of like precious faith. Keep in the word. Keep your confessions right. Be determined that nothing whatsoever will distract you from pressing from your goal of freedom. Stay away from them, sons of prophets. Praise the Lord. Here's one of my personal favorites. Um, it's in 2 Samuel 15, 21. I don't even know if you guys even know this one, but this is, this one is dear to me. Um, it's funny. Second Samuel, we're getting ready to close too. Second Samuel 15. <clears throat> I call this, this is a heart of covenant. 
uh, in verse 21, 2 Samuel 15, 21. And I read this and speak it a lot. Why? Because it keeps me. And you need to find scriptures that will keep you. Right? I like it in the New Living Translation. It says, but, but Ittai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your own life that I will go wherever my Lord, the king, goes, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. I say that to my pastor. The more I say that, the less the opportunity for me to give up and quit is. The more you say that, you won't quit. Because there's a covenant thing going on here. It's a heart of covenant. Last verse. Are you ready? Wow, I've got some quiet in here. Jesus. But it's true. I, it's, it's funny because some of these things, because I live it, I can preach it without making it sound like I'm, I'm doing a, um, um, research. <laughs> no, because I've walked through this and, and I've done this. And um, still walking through, still doing it, right? I'm so excited to be here. Like, I come to work and I'm just like, I got the best job on the planet. I love it. And so that's why, like, when, and when you become that passionate about where, where you are and where God has placed you, it doesn't matter what the, the shell looks like. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And so when, it, when you know that it's bigger than that, then this thing it just on the inside of you, it's just like, oh, my, something, something just on the inside of you, just brewing. And, and so God's up to something, and he's doing something really cool. So um, I thought about this. I heard, I can't even remember where I heard it, but it was in Psalms 119, verse 164. Might have been, I've been listening to part of the uh, Believer's Convention, too. And uh, it might have been there. I don't know. Anyways. 119, 164, please. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Seven times a day. New living. I will praise you seven times a day because of all your regulations are just. Amplified. Seven times a day and all day, and all day long do I praise you because of your righteous decrees. Passion. I stop to praise. I stop to praise you. Which means, okay, I'm doing this on purpose. Hey, praise break. Stop. I stop to praise you seven times a day, all because your ways are perfect. So, okay, I was thinking about this. We're up about 14 hours a day, more or less, really. So seven times a day. So every two hours, we're supposed to stop and do a praise. I'm, I, I'll throw this out there. Set your clock. We do everything else on our, on our iPhone. Set your iPhone for every two hours. When that bell goes off, stop, drop, and roll. Will you join me? 
Will you join? It's for real. How are you going to take this challenge? I'll throw a challenge out to you. Come on now and see how long we can do this. Seven times a day. It doesn't say for how long. You just, hey, Lord, stop. Lord, I thank you for today. What a God you are. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. My children are blessed of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have my health. Come on. Thank you, Lord. I have the best church on the planet, filled with the best people on the planet. Amen. And then go off and go on about your business. Will you do that? Will you do that? Join me. Woohoo! Seven times a day. That's every couple hours. Set your clock. <laughs> Come on, we do everything else on our iPhone. We could do that. Praise the Lord. And I mean, how long did that take? Ten seconds? To thank him? And if you have to, write it down. So you can just read it until it gets into you. And then you'll come up with your own stuff. But it doesn't, just start. The universe just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take a breath. Oh, I did that on my own. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you have a purpose. So now, don't you quit. Don't you give up. Aren't you glad God didn't give up on us? He just loves us to pieces. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.